by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Hello everyone and welcome to N17 Women. We are a little bit late this week in recording. Please blame our non-footballing lives, which for some reason keep on intervening. Anyway, I am your host, Rachel, and I am here with the full team. This means we've got Abby, Caroline and Sean. How are you all doing? Generally fairly exhausted, but other than that, I'm good. Yeah, same. A little under the weather, but it's it's been good to have lots of football to distract me. <laughs> I have been the busiest bee starting a new team at work. I've barely had any time. So I've been like foot, fitting the football in where I can, making the best of it. Yeah, it's after that gap as well of the month over Christmas, it feels like it's just come so thick and fast. Um, and since our last recording, we've had two games, uh, cup draw, one more transfer in, one contract renewal and three players departing. So we have got a lot to get through and we will try and get through it all today. Let us start with the player movements. We already knew that three players had left Spurs this window um, when we talked to you last. That was Shalina Zadorsky, Rhea Percival and Gracie Pierce. Um, so I am not going to go over them again. But we now know that there are another three who have left. That's Azmita Ale, who has gone to Leicester on loan. Lin Yang Zhang, who has been recalled by Wuhan Jingyang University. And most recently, we found out that Angered James has left permanently to join several other Welsh internationals at Seattle Rain. I think the final one was the most surprising and definitely in his press conference, Robert Villaham made clear that he hadn't wanted Has to leave, but it was something that she wanted and he didn't want to stand in her way because she was a player who he felt had given a lot to the club. So how are we all feeling about her departure, but also Lin Yan, who perhaps we didn't really get a lot of time to know, and Azmita, who I know several of us were big fans of and wanted to see more of her. But I think it became quite apparent that she wasn't going to get those minutes this um, season. Well, I think, Azzy, when she did get the minutes, unfortunately, this season didn't perform uh, in the way that we've seen her perform before. And I think, you know, the Manchester City game was a big nail in her coffin, as it were, with with how that played out. Uh, and also with the players coming in, obviously, that we've got in now, we've got, fullbacks so she's not going to be getting the time so I think it's good for her to go out and get some experience at Leicester we'll be able to evaluate how she does um, playing WSL football so I think that's a good opportunity for her and for us to, to, to judge it she was the first player we really spent money on I think so it's an interesting one um, but not surprising and I think probably a good situation for everybody um, although the Ash Neville injury may have scuppered that a little bit um, with potential problems. Um, and then with Has going as well, which I think uh, has broken the hearts of many a Spurs fan uh, this week. Uh, I think we were all just kind of feeling like we were seeing the real Has this season. Um, and she was playing out of position and doing it quite willingly and, and giving her best. And I think we all feel a little um, uh, upset that she's gone completely understand from her perspective why she'd want to go, um, given the players again that we brought in in the uh, in the window but um yeah really uh, sad to see her go and i think you know we were all just feeling like we were really appreciative of her um and also all confused about what's going to happen to their coffee truck 
Yeah, I was just thinking about that, actually, as we were getting ready to record, if Angerad's move kind of came too late for them to make a decision to keep Esmita instead of sending her out on loan. You know, maybe that might have changed the calculus a little bit. But I I do think Lester is a decent loan move for her because at least, you know, we know that Willie Kirk is a, a decent tactician and she, she can get some learning in there. But yeah, Angerad, that really came as a shock to me. Um, you know, and it makes sense from her perspective for sure, but I think I would have expected that to happen in the summer more so than, you know, right now. I felt like the squad was in a really good place with depth and um, cer- certainly was a good problem to have, you know, having a player like her who is so versatile and can play in different positions. But um, I'll look forward to watching her in NWSL. So I guess that's the silver lining. <laughs> and, you know, with with Lenyan, I do think we we really didn't get to see enough of her probably, but at the same time, it, it felt like perhaps she was not a good match for the physicality of the league. Um, I feel like that was something she struggled with. So, um, you know, it was, it was nice to get to know her, but hopefully, you know, she can be successful elsewhere in her career now. Yeah. I find it hard to disagree with any of that. I think like more so than other players who have less left us in the past, like I'm really interested to, to watch Angerad and Asmita at their respective new club. I do think Lester is sort of becoming like a, like I know Josie's there. Maybe she's the only other one, but in my mind, I'm not like, okay, well, like our players leave and they go to Lester and like, then they do well, like, or at least, you know, well enough. Um, And I'm always like, I was never really sure, like under multiple coaches, why Asmita wasn't getting more starts. Um, You know, we can talk about what she did when she started and, we've you know we've rehashed that a hundred times so it's a bit like I don't know but but I'm curious to see what'll happen to her under a different coach at a different team and whether that'll tell us anything else about about her as a player and like what like why she didn't necessarily live up to the expect expectations we had for her at Spurs and then yeah I also am just sort of you know, I was taken aback by the anger ad transfer. I think it's a great move for her. Um, but I, I was like, oh my gosh, like she's moving halfway around the world from her wife and business partner after having like, you know, a turnaround season for us. Um, that's interesting. Very, very interesting. But yeah, it is what it is. I think I remember like having concerns about depth at striker in the summer, like similar thing here of like, oh, we shouldn't have loaned Nikki because, you know, Beth just had hip surgery and we don't know if Martha Thomas can perform. And I think Villaham has shown a willingness to play like anyone anywhere. So I'm like, I was concerned about depth, but I'm starting to think I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> It'll be fine. Who knows? He probably would have played Martha at left back eventually anyway, if that hadn't, I'm sorry, right back anyway, even if we hadn't sent out those two players. Yeah, we'll come back to his experimentations at right back as we discuss the two games. But I think like you, Abby, I'm not that worried about depth. I think that has was a really good player who filled a lot of gaps and she played much better. And we saw her take on new challenges this season. But I also think that we have other options in all of the positions that she plays. And that's one of the reasons that she's leaving because she wasn't going to necessarily get the minutes in her preferred position. And he definitely said that, she didn't love playing at right back. She would have preferred to be playing at central mid and especially now Kit's there as well. I mean, you know, there are a lot of players competing for those positions, potentially also Drew when she comes back. 
I thought what you said, Sean, was really funny about that Man City game being the kiss of death. We have so many players that played lots of minutes in that game who have now left. So Shalina got a lot of minutes. You know, first of all, it was Azzy. Then it was Shalina um, playing at fullback. They're both gone. We saw Lin Yan start and Azzy start and Rhea came on. So I think if you had minutes in that game and haven't had many minutes in any other game, you pretty much are guaranteed to have left Spurs by now. Anyway, alongside people leaving, we also heard today that the club has signed Araya Dennis, who is a young, I think sometimes fullback, sometimes more attacking player, who came through Arsenal's Youth Academy. She's had loan spells at Watford last season and has been at Crystal Palace this season. It's a contract that has was signed only a couple of weeks after she turned 18, so it's her first professional contract. And it means she's going to spend the rest of this season at Crystal Palace before coming full-time to Spurs. So I don't know much about her, so I've been kind of asking around. And people who have watched her at any of Arsenal, Crystal Palace or Watford are all pretty excited about her. And I think we got the extra bonus of seeing a lot of really pissed off Arsenal fans um, on our social media today, which is always a nice thing. Um, So anyway, a Watford fan described her as lightning quick and has a shot on her and said he wished he'd return to Watford this season. And a Crystal Palace supporter said, Araya has enormous potential. She's strong and quick and brave too. Her finishing is generally poor, although that will improve with experience. And then he talked about how she creates a lot of chances for others, whips in a great ball, and that she's definitely going to be WSL, WSL level. Maybe not quite yet, but we'll get there. And just described her as brilliant. So I think, and that's kind of just been reiterated by everybody I've heard who's seen her play so how excited are we about this player that we didn't really know anything about probably uh, until today? Um, and what do you think this signing says about the club? I mean, it feels a lot like what's going on in the men's team right now. Players that we didn't know anything about a couple of days ago, we're now very excited about um, and have put pen to paper, despite the fact that other teams may have been interested in them. So I think it's a whole club um, progression, isn't it? And a whole club focus on building youth presumably because it's cheaper that way to buy to get them when they're young and then build them up but um i think it's exciting times for both clubs and great to see that both teams are kind of working in similar ways in other ways because we've seen they've been working in similar ways more recently this season um in other things and so it's good to see that continuation happening and yeah excited to see you know what she can do and whether she can actually be a player that breaks through or not because we have had a lot of exciting young talent that hasn't managed to break through at the WSL level. So it'd be good to see if she can be the first one that really does. Excellent. So we are excited to see Araya and probably not this season, but we're all going to spend a little bit more time watching out for Crystal Palace results, um, especially because Rhea is also there. As well as that, we heard that Kit Graham has a new contract through till the end of next season. It's a slightly shorter one than some we've seen and perhaps signifies where she is in the squad. So a player that Willem likes and he talks about a lot of her qualities and that he wants to see her continue as part of the squad. But I guess she isn't yet that nailed on starter. So given what she's gone through in coming back from her ACL injury and how good she's been in spells while she's been at Spurs, I'm guessing that we're all pretty pleased about this renewal. But what are your thoughts? Kit was one of the first players that I really, really loved in the Spurs shirt. One of them among Rihanna Dean and Ash Neville, I think, were the other two. But um, 
I'm just so happy to see her renew, like, regardless of what her role is going to be. I think it, like, it's just nice when a player who's been with us for a while through a lot of stuff, um, and especially one who has, like, such a, a magic presence at times, like Kit does, um, renews with us. And I think it, I think, I, I'm i just really excited. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's kind of similar to Ash. You know, it's it's really just great to see these players who have kind of been on the whole journey with the team continuing to progress and, you know, being able to to continue reaching another level in their game. Um, and I think, you know, having having a good coach this season has really helped with that as well. She's like added some new dimensions to her game. Um, but yeah, just from a personal level, I'm happy for her that she's been able to come back from her injury in such a strong manner. Um, and it, it feels like she's just going to keep building strength upon strength. So yeah, congrats to Kit. Excellent. I think that is all the player news, unless I've missed an announcement in the last five minutes and they are coming pretty fast. So the apologies if I have, which means we can get to the football. And so we have two games to talk about, but we'll start off with our final group game in the Conti Cup, which was against Southampton away. It took place on a late, rainy Thursday. There were a decent number of Spurs supporters who made the trip, however, and we saw a very rotated lineup with Becky Spencer in goal, and she hasn't started in goal since, I think it was Manchester United, back in early December. A backline of Amanda Nilden starting for her, but actually, I think it was getting her first serious minutes. Molly Bartrip, Amy Turner, again, Amy just returned from injury, Charlie Grant on the right. And then we had Kit and Ramona in midfield, Martha at sort of number 10, and then Matilda starting on the left with Jess up front and Roz on the wing. Southampton pressed pretty hard in the first half, but we were still getting chances. And then we finally scored from a Roz free kick that came out and Ramona Petzelbone got the second ball into the net for her first ever goal for Spurs. In the second half, we started to take a lot more control, in part because Southampton rotated their players and brought on substitutes who were slightly less um, good quality. And we managed to get two more goals. One was a corner that Charlie Grant got a foot to, and the second from Grace Clinton, who had been subbed on by that time and was nominally playing at sort of central defensive midfield, but there wasn't a whole lot of defending to do. And so she was able to get forward. And we ended up on 3 0, and it was a relatively straightforward win. So that was a very fast summary of a game. But essentially, we needed to win. We did win. What did you take away from this game? Um, apart from the fact that the third kit really doesn't work on a cold evening in Southampton, um, uh, we couldn't see much going on with that, but um, we knew that that was the case. Um, I think the game changed a lot when Grace Clinton came on and um, Celine came on, that we saw a lot more attacking going forward um, in that second half when they were on a lot more opportunities for us there. Um, first half, I thought we were adequate but you could tell it wasn't our first uh, 11 uh, and second half as you say was a bit more um, uh, successful and and I think Grace and Celine did a lot of that so yeah um, we got the job done at the end of the day and that's all we needed and we avoided the drama of the Conti Cup um, uh, draw which came thanks to Aston Villa. Yeah this was like our second 
kind of almost kit clash in a row. So it didn't make for a good viewing experience either on the stream. I'll tell you that. (laughs) But I think my main takeaways were just great to see Ramona and Charlie both get their first goal, especially Ramona since she's, you know, been with the club for so long and she'd been waiting on that one. But I also liked seeing Becky get her first clean sheet of the season, uh, which is, you know, probably a little overdue, but I thought she actually had a pretty strong game. So it was good to see that she's, uh, you know, brushed off the the frustrations of the, the first half of the season. Um, and yeah, I think it, it felt like a very straightforward win to me. And that's kind of what you want out of a cup game where you're playing lower division opposition. So all good. Yeah, I have to say I was really looking forward to watching that game because I really like Southampton's coach. Um, And then I couldn't really see any of it because the recording was so bad. It was foggy and the kits and you guys have already covered it. So I won't spend too much more time on that. But I felt like I couldn't even really see what was happening half the time. So that was disappointing. Um, But what I did see was also that banger of a goal from Grace Clinton, which was just like... It was like some cheat code shit. It was it was really good. I don't know. I know we've seen that a couple times from her now, but like every time she does it again, I'm like, wow. Um, yeah, and it's just great to see new players, uh, you know, from the little that I could see. Yeah, I have to say, if you were there, you also couldn't see a whole lot. So, you know, standing there, a lot of things are happening on the, like, I really was excited to see Amanda Nilden. She was on the other wing. There was sort of drizzly rain. I could barely see what she was doing most of the first half. And then she was off in the second half. So, yeah, it was hard. I I think one player it is worth saying, we've already talked about her, is um, Kit, who had a very good game and would definitely have been my player of the match. I know the players all gave it to Charlie because she got her first goal and it was all great and la dee And she was good, but she definitely, um, she's definitely a player who I think is growing into her position and she still misplaces passes quite regularly and isn't the finished item. But that's fine. She's 20. Um Anyway, we knew that this win was going to guarantee Spurs would qualify as best second place team from the Conti Cup. We have since found out that as a consequence, we get to play Manchester City in the quarterfinals next week, which is exactly the draw I'm sure we were all hoping for. Yeah? Yeah. Not Um, quite. (laughs) Not quite. No, I mean, you know... No problem. I mean, it's not like we've played them much before. And on that subject, uh, playing Manchester City, let's get to our most recent meeting. Um, And this took place on Sunday. Obviously, it came in the shadow of our earlier game in November when we suffered that painful 7-0 drubbing. And the good news was that on Sunday at Brisbane Road, Spurs fares considerably better, defensively at least, cutting the deficit to two and losing 2-0. So let's start by thinking about the lineup. And I guess most of us had assumed that the two fullbacks who started against Southampton would be replaced by Ash and probably has because we didn't know she was leaving at that time. Um, But with hindsight, it turns out that she was gone and probably already in the US. And we found out quite soon that Ash was injured. Initially, we heard that it was just a minor ankle twist. Since then, we found out it is a grade two sprain, which I have looked up, and it looks much more unpleasant when you see the pictures. But essentially, she's likely to be out for three to five weeks. So I guess, how surprised were you that neither Has nor Ash were either in the starting 11 or also in the squad? And how relieved were you as well that we actually now do have other fullbacks? 
And I guess sort of as a side note, how are you feeling about Ash being out? So I guess this game, but in the future as well for the next little while. Well, it'll be an opportunity for Charlie to kind of have this trial by fire of starting a whole lot of WSL games, you know, right upon her arrival. So that's something to look out for. But yeah, I, I do think she'll be missed for sure. Um, you know, not just from her her playing perspective, but also I think the leadership that she offers out on the pitch will probably be missing that. Um, but yeah, I I felt like I was okay with the lineup. You know, I felt pretty strong considering um, the, the injuries that we we still were carrying. And I think it feels like we're still seeing a little bit of rustiness from Martha and from Beth. And that was a little bit of an issue in terms of like not being able to create much, you know, on the attack. But I, I did like the subs that were made later on, which I'm sure we'll we'll get onto. But yeah. Yeah, I guess I assumed that Ash must be injured since she didn't feature at all, um, which is always worrying. Um and kind of then got better and then got worse again in with the information that we received. Um but yes, the fact that we've actually got fullbacks now makes it less important. But obviously Ash is such a key character in our squad and on that in that starting 11 that it is going to be interesting to see us playing without her uh, we haven't done that for a while um, I'm looking forward to her being part of the uh, injuries bench who sit just in front of us at Brisbane Road and we can have some banter but um, yeah uh, sad sad that she'll be out for a few weeks and you know it will be intriguing to see how our new fullbacks do uh, uh, I guess has was more intriguing and as it turns out it was because she was plotting and planning a move. Uh, so was surprised not to see her as well, but didn't know what was going on with that. But yeah, I mean, it was a reasonably strong lineup and looking forward to um, to seeing how that lineup continues um, with slightly less domineering opponents. Yeah, I, um, I have to admit, I did not even notice that Haz wasn't in the lineup at first. I don't know what that says about me. I didn't notice, like, literally until her move was announced. And then I was like, oh, shit, she wasn't in the squad, was she? And then, yeah, as for Ash, definitely noticed that one. I will say I'll do the thing I always do and talk about injury science. Uh, but I think it's good, actually, because ankle injuries are one of those really tricky ones that like we we really don't want her to rush back from that like we definitely want her to take the time she needs um any of you who have sprained an ankle before will obviously know this but like uh even with the correct rehab like spraining your ankle just basically leads you to sprain your ankle again and again and again if you don't do it right so I'm really happy we have covered so that she can you know get the right rehab in there and sit out and heal her ankle and come back even stronger which I'm sure she'll do. And I'm like, I can't help. I have literally no reason to think this other than like the way that our injuries used to be. But I wonder whether like there were times when maybe we rushed people back when we shouldn't have in the past. So I'm very glad to see we are not doing that here. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking as well, there's something about this period, early January and February that Ash doesn't play very often last season. It was because she'd had a red card and I think there was, I feel like this is like the, the time of year where she just like is most likely to not be in the squad for some reason or other. And obviously, yeah, I also, and, and we'll get to the game as well, but I was thinking back about West Ham and I don't think we talked about it in that game. But one of the things that she did really effectively was just switch play from one side to the other because she makes those runs sometimes. And it's something that Grace does as well. But I don't know. It, yeah, I wonder... 
I think Amanda and Charlie look great and we're going to talk about them, but that's not something that they do. They don't kind of take the game by the, you know, the horns and do something different and surprising in that way. Okay, so beyond our fullbacks, the starting 11, which I think Sean already referred to, um, was relatively predictable in some ways. It was almost unchanged to that that it started against West Ham. So we had Barrett Vortikova in goal. We had Amanda Nilden, Molly Bartram, Amy Turner and Charlie Grant. And then in front of them, Evelina and Olga, who had had a complete rest against Southampton. And then we'd had Grace, Martha and Celine with Beth up front, although sometimes it looked a bit more like a 4-4-2 and with Beth and Martha, that's the sort of two. So you would, how are you feeling about that lineup? Pretty sanguine, expected? Yeah, pretty much the strongest lineup I think we could have with, with the absences that we have. So pretty happy. I will say the one thing I forgot to mention when we were on transfers is that I, I had kind of hoped Engrad going out meant that we could have some room and time to make a surprise center back signing. Obviously didn't happen because um, I just don't feel great about having, you know, just Molly, Luana and Amy and that's it, basically. Um, that doesn't feel great. And I think that kind of bore out in this game a little bit as well. But otherwise, the the lineup did feel pretty good to me. It's it's always a plus when we can have Evelina and Olga in the midfield. I feel like that's, you know, objectively our strongest midfield at this point. Um, but yeah, otherwise it was all good. Okay, so unsurprisingly, the game got underway and Manchester City dominated possession. Uh, they actually ended the game with 67% possession, which was weirdly 10 percentage points more than they had in the away fixture. But on the other side, they didn't have a lot of clear-cut chances with Spurs players kind of doubling, sometimes tripling up in defence pretty effectively. Nonetheless, we got to half-time, 1-0 down after an own goal, which was clearly a miscommunication between Amy and Barbara. Do you have any thoughts on that or on what Spurs were doing to kind of keep Manchester City at a distance? So kind of the good and the bad of that first half. Well, I think the good is that we were doing a lot better job of preventing them from getting crosses in because that was a huge issue in the the 7-0 loss. Um, So obviously credit has to go to both Amanda and Charlie for that. (sighs) The one time we didn't do a good job of that, (laughs) obviously, was the the own goal. And I I still don't quite understand how that ball got in the back of the net. It was it was a just a baffling moment. and one that you you kind of just want to, you know, chalk up to being a fluke and it is what it is. But at the same time, it does keep happening. So not great. <laughs> just in terms of it baffling this, it was like in the stadium, it was total silence. I have never, ever seen a goal for my team against my like whatever that has been met with such total silence and it felt like even the players were confused the fans were like has that gone in because there was so little reaction and it could have the way it went in it sort of almost could have gone around the back from what you were seeing the away fans didn't cheer like nobody reacted it was so weird yeah I think like I was really impressed in the first half like watching our shape and the way we were defending in twos and threes, I thought that was like really positive. We looked very organized. Um, it definitely seemed to be a focus 
Chris, which I think I was happy to see that. I feel like that is definitely a part of our game that needs to be worked on. And as Caroline said earlier, slightly wishing we'd maybe brought in another center back for some more cover. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, if you're defending that hard, you know, you, the difficulty is you've got to find some attacking flair and we weren't able to do that, obviously, really um, in, in that first half. Uh, but yeah, no, solid uh, performance, I think, in that first half. And again, you know, if you're only one nil down against City, that's a, not a bad place to be at half time. So just, um, yeah, if that's the way it needs to be, we weren't playing in the same way that we had played against the top four before in which you felt like we were just sitting back and allowing attacks, but obviously we were defending strongly. So, um, yeah, and I agree with Rachel. I I didn't even realise a goal had been scored at the time because there was absolutely no reaction to it. So it was very strange. Yeah, as Sean said, Spurs did have a couple of chances in the first half, but not a lot. Both of the best ones involved Martha getting put through by first grace and then by evelina the second one it no the first one she put over and the second one looked like it had gone in but was called for an offside which probably was an offside so not much to talk about there in the second half of course the inevitable happened bunny Shaw scored and this came from a turnover up the pitch um after a grace clinton pass was intercepted the ball went to hemp who both molly and amy tried to cover and since Charlie was still running back from her part in the attack, no one was able to get to Bunny Shaw. So the ball went to Hemp, who both Amy and Molly tried to cover. And because Charlie was still running back from attack, no one was able to get to Bunny Shaw. That meant that when Hemp, who was running down the middle, slipped it through to her on the left, she was able to pass it near side of a tea cover. And that was a goal. So... Thoughts on what went wrong or are we just saying and are we just chalking this down to Bunny brilliance? I definitely think Bunny is brilliant. And for that reason, you cannot triple mark the other player and leave her wide open like that. Um, I thought it was really bad defense. I thought it was a big slip up. It wasn't like quite a spectacular slip up like an own goal or like, you know, doing something visibly stupid. But it was kind of a moment of like, is that you just can't leave her there to do that. And I feel like I said that 10 times last time we played City, and there it is again. It was a, gr- it was a great run. She took it really well, but, like, we we know that she does that, and there were enough players back to stop it from happening. Well, because she's the kind of player who's not going to misplace her shot in that situation. Like, she had so much space to get her shot off. Um, I also think it was not great goalkeeping either. I really felt like... Barra should have done better um, at her near post. So but I, I haven't had too many chances to be critical of her yet. So I guess that's okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's not great. But at least Bunny didn't score a hat trick this time is how I'm viewing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's not a great goal, is it? But it's only happened once this time as opposed to how many times in the previous game. So if we're only letting one of those go then it's an improvement and uh, and that's what we've got to take you know at the moment as I say against those top four sides all we're looking for is to keep that deficit at a reasonable level and and we did that in this game because we didn't let Bunny do that more than once although I have to say I don't think Bonnie, Bunny was at her best in this game I think she uh, missed a couple of goals that she normally would have scored so we were quite lucky in that respect too. 
Yeah, and I guess also Batikova did make a really good save early on, um, despite this being not the greatest of goalkeeping. And I think, you know, the own goal, at least there was some part that she played in the miscommunication with Amy Turner. So, yeah, it was definitely mixed. There wasn't perfect defending or goalkeeping across this game. And in the period straight after the goal, it definitely Spurs looked a little bit at sixes and sevens. But on the upside, with especially kind of with the substitution of Jess Naz for Martha and Shuang Wang on the left for Grace Clinton, Spurs did start getting a few more chances. None of them really amounted to anything, however, and the game ended 2-0. So obviously things are improving, but I think it's fair to say that Spurs didn't have a lot of control over that game. And given that we are now going to play Manchester City again very soon, and in this game, because it's a cup game, we have to win or we go out of the cup, what tweaks would you like to see? For instance, we perhaps looked a bit more dangerous, as I just suggested, when Jess and Wang came on the pitch. Do you think that we're going to see one or both of them getting more minutes in that game? You know, I think I would like to see Jess get a start for sure. Uh, just because it feels like she's the informed player right now and not Martha um, necessarily or, you know, or Beth, I guess they kind of, she and Martha have kind of switched, you know, roles, but um, I really liked what I saw of Schwang. Like she was, you know, how we sometimes talk about players hiding from the ball. Like she was the complete opposite of that, you know, very proactive, um, trying to win back possession she was looking for progressive passes. Um, and I, I just really liked what we saw from her. And, you know, it, it would be great for her to get more minutes. I don't know, you know, if, if we're thinking a start is is going to be a possibility for her because she is just coming back from injury. Although I will say she looked very fit. I don't think she looked like someone who was coming back from injury. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, there's certainly going to be some rotation, isn't there, with another three games coming up quick and fast. So just be interesting to see what Robert thinks is the best option for each of those three games, because even though Charlton are a championship side, that's our best chance now of progressing in a cup competition and getting something out of the season. And so I think uh, he's got to take that game really seriously. And he has thus far taken the FA Cup very seriously. So it's going to be really interesting to see where he puts his best 11 players and um, how he uses those games to get the best um, results, you know, knowing that we want to compete higher up the league than we did last season, and we want to be. He said he wants to be leapfrogging Liverpool. So uh, it's going to be an interesting three games and and really good opportunity to see those players with a few more minutes in them. I did hear from a source that I don't know how good it was that Shuang Wang's injury is potentially something ongoing, and so it's. I hope it's not like a Ledley King scene where it's, you know, she struggles to play, but when she plays, she's great. And so, I don't know, let's wait and see. Fingers crossed it was just an injury. It's done and gone. And we will see her playing lots more minutes. As a final note, uh, kind of on that game and continuing the theme of players who don't usually play there, going into right back, we had a late great appearance of Ramona Petzelberger at right back in this game. Um, uh, in his press conference, it also seemed like Willem is going to keep doing this. He has said that she played well in the game and did a good job there. So she might be the new cover at right back. I actually think she did do a decent job. Um, although at that time we had Fowler on for sure. She was still having to mark Man City um, wingers. So I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> 
So do y'all know the meme where it's like, I asked my landlord to increase my rent because that's how dedicated I am to the hustle. To me, it feels like that's what Robert is doing with our squad right now. Like he's just giving himself, you know, fresh challenges to work out um, just for just for the uh, intellectual stimulation, I suppose. But no, I it's 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 kind of like with anger ad, you know, it was never an ideal situation. I don't think we want to see Ramona playing significant minutes at this position. Um, but I will say she has looked pretty decent, um, in the appearances that she's had this season, albeit those were all at midfield, um, prior to this game. So yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to see it, but it, it seems kind of like we're going to have to, because again, with Angered going out, we, we now don't have quite as much depth in that position as we thought we did. I'll throw another meme at it. I'm feeling a bit monkey paw curls about it because. I've said many times, I don't know if on this podcast, but many times in my life, at least, that I love it when players play out of position in like weird positions, like Harry Kane going in goal is like the best day ever for me. Love rewatching that. Um, And now this is happening and I'm like, ooh, do I really like it though? I don't know. So maybe it's my fault. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but guess what? But I think we're almost at the point where we can have a like, comp- we've got like four players we've seen playing out of position at right back now. We have had Amy Turner, we've had Angara James, we've had Ellie Brazil, and now we've got Ramona Petzelberger. So we can basically start like doing a hierarchy, a ranking of out of position right backs, which I like. I'm all for that. It, you know, I don't want to be harsh, but I think if we were going to rank them, Ellie is the only in case of emergency option because <laughs> um, I just don't think that, that her her style of play lends itself to a defensive role um, I think it's it's just a waste of her talent so yeah no I see that's the thing it's like I'm actually really happy Ramona seems like a pretty much you know I've talked about square ke- pegs and round holes I think before and it's like she feels like a peg that you can mold into this hole like she's more of a sort of anger ed, it might work than either Ellie or I have to say Amy both of which were painful in different ways um <laughs> yes I guess the other thing I was just I did think watching this game I don't know how often you guys watch Man City but I just thought Alex Greenwood was so good it was one of those things where I was just watching her play these long balls and they were just finding their target so easily and you know I was I'm hoping that we will get to that point but it doesn't feel like we're there yet you know it's interesting because after our game the other day I was kind of having this debate with myself of does Manchester City have the best squad in the league like I legitimately feel like they might Um, and Jill Roard you know, doing her ACL kind of complicates that a little bit maybe, but it just feels like they, they do have a very balanced squad. And now that they're finally all sort of, they, they've worked up their chemistry. They, they kind of scare me more than any other team is, is how I'm starting to feel. And I really underrated them at the beginning of the season, which I will fully admit. <laughs> Okay, so we've had a lot to cover, so we won't spend time looking elsewhere in the league, but let's instead have a quick preview of our upcoming game. 
On Sunday, we are going to Prenton Park to take on Liverpool, who are equal on points with us, having a surprisingly strong season, perhaps. We know that they're very tough defensively and press hard. We ended up drawing them one all in our last game, which we played at Brisbane Road. But they have had a couple of losses against City and Arsenal, unsurprisingly, but you know maybe it's a good time to take them on. And one of their best players, Taylor Hines, is going to be out. So how are you feeling about this one? Well, part of me is about, a bit about last season, and I feel like we owe them um, some points on our side because uh, we went to them when we really should have done better and uh, and lost. Um, also, you know, I think with the league position, it's you know really key we can leapfrog them uh, in this game and, and go above them into that dreaded fifth spot. Um, so I think it's a, I do think it's a really big game. Apart from Taylor Hines, they have got all their players available to them. So they're in a strong position. Uh, but yeah, like you say, they've they've had a couple of tough games. And if we want to be serious, if we're serious about that kind of best of the rest, this is a game we need to be getting something from. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Taylor Hines was the player that Celine smoked for her goal uh, in the reverse fixture. Correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, I, I think we may have her number anyway. Um, but she's not playing, so it's a moot point. Uh, I, I do think this game is going to be a good indicator of where we're really at in terms of the project, because obviously we we kind of improved our result against City. We got the win over Arsenal. We've had some kind of, you know, gritty comeback wins in the Cups. Um, but this is a game that you really just want to want to see us kind of put our stamp on it and tr- try to dominate, I think, from the start. Uh, so we'll see, you know, kind of where where we're at relative to Liverpool, who they're they're a really strange team to me because I think I I really feel like they're kind of overperforming relative to their squad level so far. Um, but it helps that they do have a good manager. So I think that's kind of been the X factor for them. Yeah, they're really well coached, aren't they? I remember last season they came back against us really hard you know and they obviously made adjustments at halftime and so I they're definitely dangerous Abby what are you gonna say about this yeah Liverpool is a team that scares me just because and this is like kind of a weird thing to be scared of but they just really feel like a team who's like laying a foundation um and yeah it's like us them we hope and then like I mean Villa is turning around whatever they were doing at the beginning of the season so my take is just like it'll be interesting to see where we are with all these new players in our squad and things kind of changing and it feels like not maybe not like a strong must win but it would be really great to win this before Villa really click and catch up to us in Liverpool on the table okay on that note what are your score predictions I'm going to go with a 2-0 win to Spurs. I think we we could get a clean sheet out of this one. I'm going to go 2-1. I don't I think it's going to be a close one. So 2-1. Well, I was going to go 2-2, but now I feel bad. But I'll just I'll stick with my gut reaction. I'm going to be optimistic and say 3-1. We're going to get a win and score a lot of goals, even though I think their defence is really tough. So I don't know why I'm saying that, but. I Rachel, I love it when you're optimistic. The last time you did this, we almost beat Aston Villa 4-1. So I think you should go with it. 
Okay. Okay. I see the future. I can tell it's a glorious win in Liverpool. Um, the weather will be sunny. Everything will be joy. Um, after that, we're going to be facing Manchester City on Thursday in the Conti Cup quarterfinal. But hopefully we are going to be back before then to give you our predictions. So we've talked enough about Manchester City for today. Let's leave it for now. Um, until then, we have been N17 Women. You can find us and get in touch with your questions or comments uh, on Twitter or by email. And come on, you Spurs. Mm-hmm.